Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 430. Hello, and welcome to The Premed Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Premed Years. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. I want to start with our little MCAT Minute sponsored by Blueprint Prep. And that's because as this episode is coming out, the AAMC has opened MCAT registration. If you are taking the MCAT April through June of 2021, and you're basically in the Eastern time zone, you are supposed to register today as this episode comes out February 17th, 2021. And if you are not on the East Coast, not in the Eastern time zone, then your registration date is February 18th. So go check out all of the AAMC's social media channels for more updates. Go check them out at AAMC.org for new updates. If you're planning on taking the MCAT July through September 2021, those dates will open in May. So get to it. Good luck. And this is sponsored by Blueprint Prep. If you're looking for some help with your MCAT, then go over to blueprintprep.com slash MCAT, where they have the best third-party full-length exams out there. Again, blueprintprep.com. You can sign up and get a free half-length diagnostic and their full-length number one for free. Again, that's blueprintprep.com. We have a great episode today of Q&A, which I love to do, and we're going to jump into that right now. First question here, will a minor affect medical school admissions? So it can affect it in the negative, right? Students who are focused on a minor and then do poorly in their classes because they're trying to squeeze in too much, then that could affect your medical school admissions. But other than that, a minor doesn't matter at all. A lot of students try to think that a minor is going to help them in one way or another, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. Um, It just doesn't work that way. 
Are schools interviewing later due to COVID? Yes, they are. Hello from San Antonio, Texas. Rutgers Women in Medicine, could you please share some tips on how to mention the clubs you've started in your med school apps without sounding like you're checking off requirements? I, I think there's always this fear of sounding like something, sounding like you're asking for a pity party, sounding like you're listing off requirements, sounding like something, right? There's always this fear. Just tell your story. And tell your story. There's nothing really you need to do. When starting an organization, any sort of activity in your school, just talk about the impact that you had. Um, I, I think that's all you can do. Talk about how many members you had. Talk about how many, uh, how much money you raised, how much money you donated, or whatever that may be. How worried should I be if I haven't heard anything from schools at this point? So at this point, it's mid-February. You should be worried. Uh, I think even with the delayed COVID cycle, I think it's going to be uh, very delayed this year. So we're going to bring on Parker, see if he's here. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What's your question? So my question is, I am a neuroscience major, and 90% of my classes do not count as science credits. Um, unfortunately, I made a C-plus in my first Gen Chem, and with normal majors, normal science majors have a lot more science hours. I have much fewer, since all my major hours are not science credits, weirdly. Yep. Should I add on a minor that, like biology, that includes that will have some more science classes in order to help balance that out and prove a better record? Or do you think my neuro classes can do that? So the neuro classes won't do that because they're not science, right? And, and so that's that's a problem. The minor, again, going back to the, the first question that was asked, the minor doesn't do anything. At the end of the day, it's just more classes. And, and so there's a benefit of not having a lot of classes, uh, especially when you're trying to overcome, is that denominator is low, right? And so any sort of more classes, more credits are going to disproportionately affect your science GPA. So you just have to do well in them. So just just take a couple extra classes, find a genetics, a statistics, a whatever, some 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 science classes, some microbiology, whatever it is that that you will enjoy and do well in, and you'll be fine. All right. Yeah, that will be the plan then. All Thank right, you. go to get it done. Thanks. Um, all right. So lots of questions coming in. I love this. Uh, how many med schools should a pre-med apply to? Like what's the average? So the average is according to the AAMC is 17 for MD schools and nine for DO schools. Uh, the Texas average, I, I forget off the top of my head. So if you think potentially students are applying to both MD and DO, then the average is 26. I typically say don't apply to more than 25. That's a lot of schools. Can one of my science LOR writers be a professor that t teaches a class but that I didn't actually take? I worked in her lab. Sure. That should be fun. What is the lowest GPA you've seen get into med school? Uh, I don't know if I know off the top of my head. It's probably around a 2.526. But there, there's always a really big asterisk with that. And that is the student did something else to prove academic capability. So they probably had a 2.5 or 2.6 undergraduate GPA, but they smoked their SMP or a master's program, or they crushed a ton of credits for an undergraduate post-bac, but their, their undergraduate GPA was still very low. So no matter what the 
ending point GPA is, there has to be a trend line in there that shows that you are academically capable of doing well in medical school. Um, so we answered this one already. How many medical schools should a student apply to? And, and this one here, how can I study efficiently and effectively? So I actually don't like talking about studying uh, because it took me a long time to figure it out. I wasn't very good at it. I still don't think I'm very good at it. I have a lot of friends who talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, one specifically is Thomas Frank. He's got a great YouTube channel. He's transitioned a little bit away from talking about studying, but if you go back and look at his older stuff, he has a ton of information on how to study effectively. So go check out his YouTube channel. If your MCAT score, hello Brody, is less than 500, are you likely being screened out for all schools? Um, so. I would say yes if you said, are you likely being screened out by schools? Uh, by all schools? Probably not by all schools, right? The MCAT, MCAT 101 is never, never answer the extreme answer. That's never the right answer. So all schools? Probably not all schools, but most schools probably, unfortunately. Can you speak to becoming an RN before medical school? Do you recommend it? I have a low SAT. I do not recommend this route. A lot of students go this route, and I'm not really not sure why. Right? If you want to be a physician, and I'm sorry I'm rubbing my eye here. You can see potentially that it's swollen. Uh, it's been bothering me since yesterday. Um, if, you, uh, if you want to be a physician, then why waste your time going down the path of nursing when those classes don't count. They don't count towards medical school. They're, they're not going to count towards your prereqs. So you're spending more time and more money to go down this path. And a lot of students do it because they're like, well, then I can work as, as a nurse before I go to medical school. I haven't done the math, but just logically it doesn't make sense to spend more time and more money so that you can make money to go to medical school. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and so I don't recommend it. If you can give me a good timeline that shows why you're doing it and, and how it, mathematically it makes sense from a financial standpoint, from a timing standpoint, prove me wrong. But I just don't think it makes sense. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, look good on an application. They're not going to go, oh, great, you were a nursing major. Awesome. Right? That's not to say that nurses who wanted to be a nurse and then realized later they wanted to go to medical school, that's an amazing experience because they're out there practicing and, and getting tons of clinical experience. And then they go back to school and go, okay, I, I want to be a physician now. That's very, very different. All right. The route to medical school is long and expensive, but being an RN would give me a stable income to do it. Yeah, see, I just, that that logic doesn't make sense to me because you're spending money so that you can make money. Like, just get to medical school and get there faster and, and you'll spend less in, in that interim. It just doesn't make sense. Um, now, if you're going to tell me that uh, that you are going to go and work as a nurse and save up $300,000 so you don't have to take any loans, again, I don't think that logically makes any sense because you are putting off making $150,000, $200,000, dollars a year so that you can make $75,000 a year and save and save and save and save and save and save and save. And save. 
I think that is a it's and I understand especially like I I came from having a lot of debt as an undergrad, having a lot of debt, um, credit card debt in medical school. I was always scared about money. Uh, I'm still scared deathless. Uh, deathless, is that a word? Uh, scared to death um, about being poor today, right? There's, I have this this fear uh, of money, just the way that I was raised and, and, and money issues growing up. Uh, I, I understand where that fear comes from, but if you actually sit down and do the math, I think it's a very short-sighted view and you're actually doing more harm than good by going that route. All right. Hopefully that would be interesting. How much should cost factor in when choosing a medical school? So interesting question. I, I'm actually, uh, right before I jumped on, I was putting some final edits on my book. The, the publisher sent my manuscript back for some few edits and uh, one of the chapters in there is about choosing schools. Uh, excuse me. And I say that choosing a school, the, the tuition costs should come in like dead last. I, again, thinking big picture, if you were to limit your school list because school number two has $20,000 more a year in tuition than school one, and you won't apply to school two, but you will apply to school one, but school two is going to be the best fit for you. You're going to get in the first time and not need to reapply. It's going to open up a lot of doors for you for your career. That extra $80,000 in tuition will be made back in no time. Again, I, I think there's a, a fear around money with pre-meds. And again, it's understandable. I had it. But looking at it from this side, let's assume that there's a school that you would have gotten into the first time and you left it off your list because of because it was ten or twenty thousand dollars more than you wanted to pay, right? You set you set an arbitrary line that says, I'm not willing to go to a school that has that high of a tuition. And then you don't get into medical school the first time you apply. That's a year of work that you are are now depriving yourself of where you would have made $150,000, $200,000, $250,000 because you weren't willing to pay $10,000 more a year, $20,000 more a year, whatever it is, right? And again, it's really hard to talk arbitrarily without actually seeing the math, but you have to think big picture like that. So the only time that I like to think about tuition is when you have multiple acceptances. Now let's look at tuition. Is one tuition just exorbitantly high at one and not the other? Do you get a great financial aid package from one and not the other? Can you can you take that financial aid package to the other school and say, hey, I really want to come to your school. Here's why. Can you match this? Can you beat this? Right? There are lots of, uh, of potential opportunities there. Um, all right. I just added someone. Oh, I thought, thought you wanted to come on. All right. Um, do medical schools evaluate how you accommodate your classes in the semester? How you accommodate your classes in a semester? I'm not really sure what that means, Charlotte. I'm assuming you're talking about like how many credits you take per semester. And yes, that does come in to play. Guys, who likes Meredith Gray? It's my sister. Considering that some schools average your MCAT scores when retaken, should you be concerned when retaking the MCAT? No. Uh, I don't know any schools that average your MCAT uh, when you retake it. Most will look at 
your most recent. Some will super score. I don't know of any schools off the top of my head that average your MCAT. If you know of one, let me know. Um, what's your opinion on prereqs at community college? If you got to do it, it's fine. It's not ideal, but it's okay if you need to. Would you recommend asking medical schools such as uh, GU School of Medicine, which is rolling, to hold off on reviewing your application in order to receive first semester graduate school grades posted around December? You can do all you want, right? So Georgetown, uh, most medical schools have uh, rolling admissions. You can you can ask them to do whatever you want, but they likely won't listen. And that's that's why I don't like applying to medical schools hoping to send an update on your transcripts. Uh, usually, I recommend that you should um, you should only apply when you have the GPA that you want, not apply and hope that you can send an update with a GPA that you're hoping will will work well. Oscar says, I'm planning on volunteering at a hospital in Mexico next summer, and my aunt is a physician there. Should I mention on my app that my aunt is a physician there? Uh, I don't think you need to. I didn't see the rest of the question, but I don't think you need to. All right. Any volunteer program on med field virtually? Any volunteers program on I was doing? I have no idea what that means. All right should read these questions before I bring them up. Do upper division courses like histology count as prereqs? So prereqs are prereqs, right? You need a semester of biology or a year of biology, year of chemistry, organic chemistry, biochemistry, physics, English for the most part. So histology, unless you're counting that as a biology class, you probably already have biology um, that, that counts as the prereq. So I'm not really sure what the, the goal of counting histology would be. What types of clinical experience should we get for medical school? So clinical experience is clinical experience. You should just get what you can get and what you're passionate about and what looks good. Uh, my biggest thing that I preach all the time is don't do things for your medical school application. You need to do things for you to prove that you want to be a physician, to prove that you like clinical experience, to prove that you like being around patients, but don't do it for the schools themselves. All right, my eyes freaking out some more. Do I have any advice for seniors in high school who want to get into pre-med medical school, et cetera? Yes, learn how to be a good student and have fun. Do you have any experience with students applying for medical school in Ireland? I do, uh, I don't recommend it, uh, but I do. I'm in the last year of my post program, so when is the best time to begin studying for the MCAT? So I like to work backwards when studying for the MCAT. If you, let's, let's hypothetically say, you want to start medical school in August of 2025, right? July, August, usually when medical school starts. That means you are going to take the MCAT the beginning, typically, of 2024, so that you can apply in June of 2024 and start medical school in August of 2025. I think a lot of students don't understand the length of the application cycle. And, and they don't understand that you apply a year plus before when you actually want to start medical school. 
So that's that's typically how to look at it. When do you recommend start studying for the MCAT? Most students study three to four months, but you really have to understand yourself. You have to understand how much time you have. You have to understand um, what other responsibilities you have, if you're working full-time, if you have family, if you're still in classes full-time. All of that stuff plays into it. Does athletic training, interning, and working with athletes count as clinical experience? Definitely does. All that ankle taping. It's clinical experience. Uh, I took both physics semesters one summer and both OCHEM semesters the next. Is that looked down on? I don't know. I, so so here's, here's one of the, the questions, right, that pre-meds have is that pre-meds think that the small little micro, when specifically you took a class, really matters. At the end of the day, it doesn't. Medical schools don't have the time. They don't have the time to nitpick. Oh, I see you took both physics at the same time or both chemistries at the same time. That's that's not allowed. How did you do that? We don't want you here at our school. Right? They don't have time to think like that. Did you do well? Great. <laughs> we'll take it. That's all that matters. Ooh, let's see. Would you say you need to naturally have super steady hands for surgery? No, you can learn that kind of stuff. You can learn how to brace your arms and brace your hands. And um, yeah, you don't need to have super steady hands. You can work on that. I have really good extracurriculars, but no shadowing or volunteer hours. So volunteer, so, so let's just work on some language here, right? So volunteer, usually when students say they have zero volunteer hours, they mean clinical. Clinical can be paid or volunteer, okay? So no shadowing, no clinical experience. To me, that's usually a recipe for disaster. How are you going to tell me in a personal statement, in an interview, that you want to be a physician if you don't have any experience being around physicians and being around patients? That to me is a red light. Do not apply to medical school. Go get those experiences. Work on your reasoning why you want to be a physician because of those experiences and then and then apply to medical school. All right, let's see. C average GPA, already graduated, undergrad, need over 60 post-bac classes. Is it unreasonable? Why do you need 60 post-bac classes? I don't know why you need 60 post-bac classes. Uh, nothing is unreasonable. It's just, it's a lot of money to pay for those, but it's not unreasonable at the end of the day. Um, will becoming a CNA in high school help for medical school applications? So here, going back to what I mentioned a, a minute ago, don't do things to look good on an application. Do things to gain experiences that you think will enrich your life. And yes, you need experiences to, to explain why you want to be a physician. And that's where clinical experience and shadowing come from. All right. GC, and can we go on live? I tried to get you on live and you, you declined me. So I don't know what you want, brother. I'll get you back on. Let's see. Um, so, so general rule of thumb, back to the other question. Uh, being a CNA in high school is okay. The general rule of thumb is things that you do in high school don't go on your application. What's up, G-Sing? Hey, how's it going, Doc? How's everything? It's going. How are you doing? 
Uh, not so bad. So my name is Brenda Singh. I'm from New York. Um, currently a senior in college, and um, I I've came in with IB IB diploma credits. Okay. So I've gotten most of my gen eds out the way. I'm fulfilling my bio requirements now, and um, I I, I plan on going uh, applying to med school next year, right? Sort of thing. So currently I have a 3.99 GPA. Crush and, it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, keeping <laughs> that up, but um. Uh, I'm taking Orgo 2 now, so I'll get my Orgos out the way, uh, bios are out the way, and then I'm planning on taking physics over summer, so physics 1 and physics 2. Uh, therefore, when uh, I guess studying and taking the MCAT, like my course load isn't too heavy, uh, so I just want to get those out the way, and yeah. I, I just wanted like a bit of advice, whether um, do you think, like, is it uh, a sufficient, I guess, um, so... Uh, I guess, cycle to apply for sort of thing based on like uh, my qualifications so far. I have 80 hours in shadowing uh, with a cardiologist. Right. Um, I have 200 plus hours of non-clinical volunteering. So with Red Cross, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, currently uh, I am in uh, contact with a, a, a clinic in order to do in clinical uh, volunteering as well. Right. So I just wanted to advise, do you think... Um, ready for i guess taking it to the next step and uh i guess applying so apply in 2022 or apply in 2021 uh 2022 so take the mcat on uh, next year yep sort of the so beginning of next year take the mcat yep and then uh, apply it right away so 2022 apply 2022 start med school in 2023 yep. sounds like you got the plan worked out you think uh, headed on a positive correlation? Good trick. You got Good it. Trick. Yeah. So? Yeah. So just, I guess, just keep doing what I'm doing in terms of that, and then. Exactly. You got it. Perfect. Perfect. I you appreciate three nine nine GPA. Get out of here. <laughs> Good job. Keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to come on live with me, just a little request to go live button or whatever it looks like. We'll bring you on. Uh, will it look bad if my biology and lab are combined and just listed as biology one on my transcript? Yes, Claire, it will look bad. Every student from your university, it looks bad. And no student from your university can go to medical school. No, that's not true. Every med every undergrad is going to be a little bit different with how they're going to how they're going to do their classes, how it's going to be listed on the transcript. Medical schools understand that they can see that they understand that there are differences. There's no problem there at all. All right, let's see. Get some more people flexing the three nine GPA. Yes, sir. All right. What's going on? Hey, Dr. Gray. How's it going? It's going. How are you doing? Oh, actually, I can't hear you for some reason. Uh -oh. Let me... oh, there we go. There we go. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Uh, so I actually uh, follow you. I really do um, with all the med school applications. And I'm actually from India. I wasn't born in the U.S. Okay. So I came in uh, like when I was in middle school, like eighth grade. And um, I finished high school in three years because um, when I went to high school, they didn't have a lot of science classes. Yep. Um, so my last year, my senior year, I only took anatomy and physiology. Okay. 
And before that, I wanted to be a pilot. Uh, but when I took anatomy and physiology, I really loved the class, really loved the dissecting part, especially. Yeah. Um, so I actually then went to a medical um, kind of like a program called HESI um, in Redding, California, that yeah. gave me a lot of experience uh, right off coming from high school. So I have around 86 hours of clinical experience uh, just from that program. And yeah. I actually shadowed a trauma surgeon there. Okay. Um, and I, I got really interested into neurosurgery yeah. and trauma surgery. What's your question? So my question is that um, as a community college student who is about to transfer to Davis okay. um, with two majors, is it good for me to have less experience, but like uh, more, um, I want to say, opportunity done by like, uh, you know, minimal, um, you know, with minimal opportunity, taking advantage of everything I can get? Uh, because there's not a lot of shadowing uh, experience or shedding opportunities around where I live. Well, there's not there's not a lot of opportunity now anyway because of because of COVID. Um, it, it's good that you have what you have, but it was a long time ago, right? It's between high school and, and college or, or at least at the very beginning of college. And so by the time you apply to medical school, it's years ago. Uh, so you need you need new stuff, too. So just continue to keep looking out for things and, and opportunities. Be a good student, get the experiences, being around patients, being around physicians and and get out there and, and get it done. So what's your like advice for transfer students, especially to like focus during science classes? Because it's a lot different than community college to go to uh, for your it's, university. It's not a lot different. It's it, there, there's always this. um Right. Saying it's a lot different continues the stigma that community college is easier than university. Right. <laughs> right. It's it, yeah. it, it may it may be that there's a little bit more material covered. But at the end of the day, it's the same. You you get a syllabus at the beginning of the semester. You understand what you have to do for that semester or that quarter, whatever it is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get rid of the quarter systems everywhere. Um, you so you get the syllabus. You understand when your tests are. You understand the material that you have to go over, and you get it done. Right? You 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 set up a schedule and you you do what you need to do to get it done. It's it's not like the math is different in community college, right? <laughs> Math isn't easier in community college. <laughs> two plus two is still four in community college. There may be more that's expected of you just from a, a workload perspective. But guess what? That that same difference between community college and university potentially is is amplified a thousand times between university and medical school. So at the end of the day, you're constantly adjusting. You're constantly course correcting. You're constantly checking in with yourself saying, how did I do today? How did I do this week? How did I do this semester? And, and correcting mistakes along the way. Because it's not just community college to university. It's course between course in university as well. How you study for your calculus course in university is going to be different than how you study for your organic chemistry is going to be different than you study for your physics or biochemistry or whatever it is, right? It's it's not a one-size-fits-all no matter where you are.
Definitely. That's that's really good to hear um, because I haven't transferred yet. It's my last semester in community college and I have no idea what to expect, what to prepare for, uh, because I've heard that four year university takes more time than community college does and I already have a part time job. Um, so, you know, transitioning to a Davis environment with a bigger campus and a, yeah. a whole ton of knowledge yeah. um, is overwhelming sometimes. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Just, you. you just got to get it done. You got to be efficient. You got to put your phone away and not jump on Instagram live with me and, and make sure you're studying. All right, cool. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, bye. Awesome. Let's try to get a couple more questions here. What are some ways you can increase your cars score on the MCAT? Just Akira. Um, MCATCardspodcast.com. I would go there first and foremost. I applied this year and had an interview in October. The school meets again in March to make their decision. I already wrote a letter of intent in November. Should I send an update letter? Uh, Andrea, Andrea, if you think there is something that an update will address any sort of deficiencies in your application, then potentially. Uh, if it's if there's nothing really that you feel you're deficient in that you have been attempting to fix, then an update won't necessarily help you. It's just bothering them some more. For medical schools, you can get clinical hours working as a CNA, patient care tech, medical school scribe. There are so many opportunities out there. Yes, there are. There are, there are. Um, all right, I need to run. I have uh, office hours for my application academy for the next two hours. Thanks for jumping on with me. Um, I'll see you guys at the next live. Take care. This is MedEd Media.